Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, welcome to No Days Off, a podcast that Lewis Atzman and myself, Samson Folk, are doing after every game the day after. Of course, I do the Raptors Reaction podcast, but our data uh, tells us that you know, most of you people are listening before when you're listening to this. And maybe some of you people want more. And Lewis and myself, right after every game, we talk after every game. So we thought we'd come back together and reflect and bounce off of each other. So, Lewis, the Raptors game one loss, sitting here afterwards, any initial thoughts? Has anything changed after you did a your autopsy on the death of the Raptors, as it were? No days off or no off days? Is that... <laughs> It's one of them. We are like the Raptors here. We're, we're, we're still figuring things out. Uh, so in my mind, I actually have gotten a little bit more encouraged. I think Toronto's offense was great. They scored 111 despite forcing no turnovers, despite grabbing no offensive rebounds, despite getting nothing from Gary Trent. That's pretty good. The offense has a huge amount to grow and it's already putting up good numbers that's got to be something you can take away from this game and say hey great something right something and also this is what my breakdown that comes out the morning of game two will be on is how pascal will still still remains a sleeping dragon in this series despite putting up 24 and 7 there's there's just so much that was there's so much meat left on the bone in that yeah. in his matchups and stuff like that and all all film and all that kind of stuff. But let's let's dive into the defense then because what's Ooh. what's happening? Yeah, what's happening basically is everybody's going to Twitter now. You're posting clips, mixed you know mixed switches, mixed assignments, all this kind of stuff are going on. It's it's kind of evident for the world to see the Raptors. They miscommunicated quite a bit, and th- that's going to happen when you are loading up the way that you do. But we've seen it in other games, games with less stakes where the Raptors have been better. When you were watching this game, did you think that it was that they were the miscommunications were in situations where they normally miscommunicate or that the Philadelphia 76ers were adding a pressure point and that's where the miscommunication came? Or do you think that a lot of these things are easy to clean up? Easy. No, it, it honestly felt to me like they were trying to win the game in one play, you know? There's no 10-point shot. And so the closest you can come is get a steal and run out. The Raptors were just selling out, compromising the principles, just saying we need to get back into it now. Every coach says chip away for a reason. One stop. You can't get five stops on one possession, right? And and the Raptors were just not – they were jittery. It it was a first game. Um, So I'm glad you asked. Uh, Yeah, I I don't think the changes are that – complex am i wrong did you see the sixers like discombobulating the raptors i think that there's there's certainly things that the sixers are doing that makes it harder on the raptors for example like tobias harris making some plays one where 
he can, you know, like Tobias Harris was a point in the season series that the Raptors got to lean on and make him, even though the ball was funneling to him, he was still a non-factor. But in this one, we're looking at Tobias Harris, who's, you know, taking that hard dribble, drawing the defense, passing out to Tyrese Maxey, or getting a reset and a pick and roll possession where he's getting the switch and he's taking precious at you off the dribble. This is stuff we just probably wouldn't be able to see during the regular season. And well, he just wasn't, he wasn't playing at that level. And then also there's a little bit of dynamism there too, like the back cut for the dunk and all this kind of stuff, which yeah. precious overplayed the the shade to Embiid on that certain play. But it's just looking at a guy who's allowing them to pop in places where they weren't in the regular season. And the same thing with Maxi as well. So this is my question. This was the big question I wanted to ask you. Joel Embiid and James Harden both shot about 33%. Mm-hmm. They got 18 free throws between the two of them, which is not terrible. You, you live with that as the Raptors. You live with the miss shooting. The other guys, Tobias Harris was hitting one dribble pull-ups. Maxi was finishing over help and also not help sometimes like that you take away obviously but you know george niang hit everything shake milton hit everything at some point you say you took care of task a is everything else variance like are the raptors leaving this game saying the offense was great the defense we accomplished our goal it's variance can you leave a 20 point loss saying that is that possible this that's tough I talked about this a little bit on the Raptors reaction podcast and compounding errors, like how the Raptors, they allowed the 76ers to kind of indulge in the stardom of their role players because they allowed so many extra possessions at the start of the game. You know how the Raptors win games or have won games in the past because they get guys like Precious Achua, 21 points randomly, or Gary Trent Jr. will get to 30. And in this game, Gary Trent Jr. didn't have a lot of volume because the Raptors didn't have this whole glut of possessions to risk his variance to come back around. They had to they had to be very specific about how they wanted to score offensively because they weren't getting extra possessions because they couldn't lose the effective field goal percentage battle in this game because they didn't have the possession battle one. And so the 76ers with those early offensive rebounds, Joel Embiid didn't have to force anything. And so the 76ers got to do that side top side action they got to swing the ball from place to place and guys like Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey instead of maybe being put in a position where it you know it sits heavy on the shoulders like perform they got out to an early lead and they got to work through the kinks and the pressures of the Raptors defense because the Raptors defense wants to it makes you the mounting pressure of the game their arms their presence it's supposed to you know that Star Wars scene yeah, where they're in the trash compactor, and it's the, yeah. The, 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 the. But then there's a monster in there too. That I mean, that's... yes. It, well, that's exactly it. And there, there wasn't really a monster. There wasn't even. It was just trash or something. It was just like trash. That. Yeah. And so, is it just variance? No, because it's never just variance. But could the Raptors be in game two even without Scotty Barnes? and be sitting in a way better position to execute their game plan on both ends of the floor if variance is kinder? Absolutely. But the 76ers, they did way too much correctly outside of just shooting yeah. the ball well to to just say just variance. But, you know, as, as you said, though, there are things to clean up and the Raptors can should be able to do some of it ex- 
expeditiously, let's say. And easily. Like, they know how to rotate. They spent half a season rotating correctly. If they do that, look, maybe Maxi goes off. He is unreal. But the thing about Maxi is in both of Toronto's wins with Maxi and Harden playing alongside one another, Maxi went off in both games. You know, he scored super efficiently. Toronto can survive that. They got the shooting they wanted from the Stars. Maxi went off. That's fine. That happens before. If you just rotate better, get a couple more turnovers, are we not looking at exactly what the Raptors want? Mm-hmm. I I also think that there's probably the adjustment I would make is less help on Harden. Honestly, yeah. I think that's probably because Harden is a certain state of himself, a certain version of himself at this point. And I really like Harden. I've liked him for a long time, but it's not quite there. He was most easily weaponized in these games when the Raptors helped. Not in yeah. isolation. He he wasn't yeah. threatening that much. But when the Raptors decide to help too much, he's such a great passer. Like even one pass away for Harden, that quick picked up dribble, that poof, like just out of his early. pocket into and directly into their shooting pocket. He makes a shot out of nothing if you help too far over, if you start leaning over. And I think the Raptors can kind of shed some of those shading principles, especially if he shares the same side of the floor of Maxi, especially if Maxi's one pass away. You cannot give Maxi a closeout to attack for the sake of shading Harden. I think that is a definitive adjustment to make. And what really helps with that adjustment is being more switchable and starting precious, which they're going to be doing anyway. Please, God, let them start precious. Like... Look, I lo- look. Scotty Barnes was Toronto's second best player. Maybe he was unbelievable. One of the greatest rookie first games of the playoffs. It was you wrote just wrote about it. Truly magnificent. I don't want him on the bench. Obviously, for him, for the team, if he is on the bench, which is what it looks like an injury like that, starting Precious does help a little bit with allowing you to shade Harden less. Well, especially if the Raptors aren't getting the classic benefits of their gruesome twosome off the bench, Boucher and and Precious. Like basically what those guys are supposed to do is bring length to the defense and bring extra yeah. possessions to the offense. Neither gruesome of those in things, a bad way. Last night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and neither of those things really happened last night. So you're sitting there and wondering like, okay, what's the adjustment then? Do you bring Precious in and the ceiling that he could possibly bring to the starting lineup and then say gruesome twosome didn't work. Or does Nick Nurse say, we're not moving that far off of it and try to put Ken Birch in the starting lineup? I hope that it's precious because as you, you know, as anybody who's listened to us talk this season, read our work, whatever, um, for a long time, it's been precious over Kim as the, the high quality, high potential play. But I guess we'll see. But yeah, as you say, precious being in the starting lineup, I think it definitely adds something. So many people I saw yesterday were saying like, every time precious puts the ball on the floor, it's a mistake. Every time something like this happens, it's a mistake. And it just flatly isn't. Yeah. Precious has to put the ball on the floor. The same way that the Raptors felt overwhelmed by Maxi's presence, by Tobias Harris. Like Tobias puts the ball on the floor and does it competently, the Raptors defense broke because they're not yeah. equipped to fly around and take punch at from every five position, right? And Precious Achua, even in on Chris Boucher's made three, even on his dunk, is him putting the ball on the floor, the the help rotation from the 76ers was not equipped to deal with that. They were immediately put yep. in a difficult place. And so even the mistakes that come along with it, 
Fred made quite a few good plays yesterday, but the consistent output of the pick and roll yep. offense wasn't at the same level that we've seen during the, the regular season. So you need to kind of mine offense from different places. So you get the switchability of Precious defensively. You get some of that offensive pop, although it's not perfect. And you kind of have to hope that those things run in the right direction. The same way that the 76ers hoped that Maxi and Harris would be able to carry them to a win with their scoring output. Yeah. And they did on like 70% shooting in game one. Which is encouraging to me, right? They said last night, I think might have been Fred or Pascal. One, one of the players said, we're not going to beat 133. I don't know, man. They might top 133 one of these games. They, <laughs> there was a lot of juice left in that offense and they put up 111. What I, I can't remember I saw that one that one tweet if it was from John Schumann, but it was I think it was the third highest offensive rating playoff game ever yeah. that the 76ers it was had. Great. It was a great game. They played great. So so this is, I think, to keep it tight, this is maybe my last question for you. Right. Did what you see last night alter your expectations or predictions? I'm gonna be asking this every time we have a no off days slash no days off podcast. What do you think? Are you changing your call? Yeah, I'm not going to change my call just because it, I don't know. I, I don't really want to, and I, I don't care to. I, I, when I was looking over the tape and you see that the 76ers leaned on the ability to kind of load up elsewhere. And Scotty was the one who was punishing them for that in game one. It is very sobering after you, you and I sit and I identify like, yeah, there's so many things you can fix. This gets really better really quick. And really better, much better, really quick. And it's kind of Scotty not being there to punish yeah. single coverage on the weak side the way that he was able to. That is really tough. Like the way he play make, what the way he was able to play make and score out of like the little brush screens that Pascal yeah. was setting for him. That's really tough. So I, I'm certainly not as optimistic as I would have been if Scotty was healthy. If Scotty was healthy, my, I would just be like, hell yeah, I feel really good about this, even though they got yeah. slapped around. Scotty's Agreed. presence being gone is tough. Thad, tough. Cam, whatever's happening with his face, tough. The Raptors, they lost more than the game, and that's the worst part about it. Because, yeah. yeah, after the game, Pascal said, oh, it's just one game. But with Scotty gone, the ramifications run deeper. These guys have won series after getting slapped around in games before. So Raptors are not out of it. Uh, we've talked about what they can do. Uh, we just got to hope that they get healthy, I guess. You're darn tootin', man. Got to get healthy. Okay, listener, uh, Lewis and I, we're going to get out of here. But I hope you enjoyed the first No Off Days podcast. I hope the conversation was enlightening. Lewis, thanks for joining me, man. Enjoy your off day. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Okay, listener, uh, we'll see you. Take care. <laughs>